It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I'm Angie Assassin, your Toronto's host for Canada's Podcast, nation's number one entrepreneurial network. I am joined today by Angela Podolsky. Uh, she is the founder of Kinesics Consulting. Angela, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. I know you have a very busy t- uh, day today, so we appreciate your time. And uh, we just wanted to sort of uh, find out more about you, who you are and what you do. So it, it's a little bit of a long story, but giving you a short version of it, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have received awards for that, and I'm involved in multiple businesses, not just the kinesics, which I one of my main ones that I've been known for, which is specializing in nonverbal communication. That's in general. So I'm involved in multiple businesses, but Kinesics is the, f- the front, I would say. So tell us a little bit about different businesses that uh, you founded or own and operate. And uh, how did you become an entrepreneur? Was it by chance? Uh, is, were you born to be uh, an entrepreneur? It's a hard question, right? You're born to be an entrepreneur or the situation puts you there, right? I, I think it's a combination of multiple things. It was hard for me growing up. I, I was not in the, say, best environment. So in a sense, I think the environment also put me in a state that I have to fetch for myself and create. So I left home when I was 17. I never finished school. I, I did 12 years of studying in Israel, but I, I never finished with, with an actual school diploma. And, and schooling was always hard for me. And I naturally gravitated to the entrepreneurship. And i very big in learning. I love, I'm always really, really hungry for knowledge and growth. I always say if I'm last year and this year the same, then there's something wrong. So for that reason... I think there is some natural uh, kind of development in me that I'm hungry for knowledge and that makes me a better entrepreneur. But at the same time, I think it's also the environment as, as well. Growing up in a country like Israel, it's very innovative. Uh, we naturally been basically told, ask questions and question things, which in, I know in different cu- cultures and that may be come across as, that you're questioning somebody and you're not confident about that person. But from my background, where I'm coming from, it's more to understand better. So I want to question more and I want to ask you a lot of questions to better understand so I can formulate my own opinion or um, I can agree or disagree with you, but I need to understand that. And that's really a key factor for a really good successful entrepreneur where they can gather information and data, but then make decisions on their own. So I think that the question of, was it natural or was it environment? I think it's both. Um, I'm involved in different stuff. As I said, Kinesics is the front, but I had entertainment companies. I had dance studios. I'm involved in tech, so I'm advised and I help build tech companies. I have a company that now with the COVID-19 we built and which will be fantastic, which is virtual connections. We're connecting businesses online um, and kinesics. And then I'm volunteer. So I volunteer. I think it's so important to give back when you're ready to give back. I think there's a certain time in your life you're ready to give back. 
track. And when you are, I think it's extremely important to do that. And so I was involved in education and I'm involved in quantum computing. <laughs> and so, wow. so kind of, you know, and involved in many things, yes. That's wonderful. And, and I think you're, you're right uh, when you say entrepreneurship um, is sort of learning all the time. It never stops. No. And it's, it's almost like being in a school all the time. Yes. Because you can never learn enough. And it's not like you graduate and you're done and you can say, I'm an entrepreneur now. Uh, That's it's, right. It's constant learning about something new. Something else comes up. That's right. And when I say often, when I mentor entrepreneurs, I say, I have a question for you. Is this is a business or is that is a hobby? Because I find a lot of entrepreneurs that come to the market, they, they want to do a hobby. They're passionate about something. They're excited about something. They're creative about something. But they, it's not a business. It's a hobby. They, and then if something develops out of that, they're happy. And if not, it's not actually being an entrepreneur or business person that meaning that you're 24 7 on it it means you're learning you're growing and this is something that your business today is you know in a startup phase then it's a round uh, seed money phase and and then it's growth phase and then the scaling phase and then the business is involving as the business involving you have to involve and if you're not involving faster than the business there, there will be a problem, right? You have to learn to be able to grow your business. Otherwise, it's a, it's a hobby, right? It's a hobby. You're enjoying it, but you not necessarily have to put the work for it. You're just having fun with it. So do you think there's a lot of entrepreneurs who say, you know, I started my business as sort of a side hustle. Do you think that's possible to start it as a side hustle and then grow it into a full-time business? Or would you suggest because you shadow entrepreneurs and, and uh, counsel them, would you suggest going in uh, full-time and not doing it as a side hustle? I think it depends on the business. For an example, coaching business, it's very different, right? Coaching business is something that you can try and see how it goes. Uh, for an example, you are a mom, right? Like it's in, in your case, you're a mom and you always had a corporate job, but you're passionate about kids' development but you don't know what to do. Yes, yeah, so yes, you can start talking, putting yourself online, seeing what's going on. And if you see that that's becoming something that is bigger and you wanna pursue that, then you need to shift your business mindset. Otherwise, it will not be successful because you're not thinking the right way in a sense of capital, charging, scaling, etc. And it's okay, it's okay if it's just a platform for you to talk to people. So yes, it's okay to start as a hobby or something for you as an outlet. Um, but then if you want to change it to a business setting, then you have to start thinking business and taking the right lessons or classes or books or follow the right people to do that. So, and, and, and I was going to say, really getting to that next stage, how yes. long will you stay a hustle uh, or a side hustle business? That's right. And, but in some businesses, I would say no. In some businesses, for an example, tech business. If you do a tech business, if you're building a platform, if you want to scale that, then there's no reason for you to get into it, invest money, invest time, invest maybe other people's capital if you're not serious about it. I agree. That's, uh, that's great uh, feedback. How did you get into your area of expertise? And, and let's talk about uh, Kinesic specifically. What exactly do you do? 
So in kinesics, so I'm a behavior analyst and I specialize in nonverbal communication. And in kinesics, we work with companies and individuals for them to better understand the self, the messages they're giving, and how to read others. Having said that, in that company, we make sure that you first understand yourself before you start reading others, because there are a lot of people and a lot of books, they tell you that uh, a certain gesture means you're not interested, you're reserved. Reading people is very, very, very complex. And if you don't really understand yourself first, you will be the one contaminating the conversation. You'll be contaminating that reading and you would not know uh, is it your bias that's that's happening that's contaminating? If it's the environment, is it your non actually your nonverbals? Is it your questions? So understanding yourself and what are you giving out as the main fundamental. And so we really hardly, really hard uh, focused on that. And then we go into reading others, which is really important as well, especially in business. But having said that, you have to make sure that you're reading properly. And you're not just making assumptions because that's really, really common. People make assumptions and they put their own bias and they think they're reading people and it's not reading people. And have you worked with a lot of entrepreneurs? I know um, um, a lot of them may struggle when it comes to uh, doing pitches uh, for funding and uh, body language. Uh, if you're closed off, are you open to suggestions um, as well as reading the, the possible investors? So yes, I, I was part of that. I was part of judging startups in festivals uh, in, in Montreal. Uh, I was invited to, to train people in startup world. Those not necessarily my main clients. My demographic as on business are bigger companies that come to train or executives that shifting to a leadership role. Having said that, at the same time, I do love working with uh, entrepreneurs and I'm heavily involved with that so I mentor them and and I've been invited to judge or to train them before they do a, a pitch and so yes I'm, I'm definitely involved with that as well actually I was not trained in Toastmasters having said that I, I think it's a great platform for people to start and somebody asked me to join them and we have opened in Montreal at Toastmasters that are specific for entrepreneurs and and that was fantastic. That is wonderful. And a lot of benefit, I think, comes from um, learning the, the body language and the cues and all, everything that it's not just about having a great presentation. It's also being uh, the body language speaks a lot. That's correct, because investors and people do not invest necessarily just in your business. They invest in you. They invest in you be able to be, you know, do they see that you are open? To get their feedback do they see that you're open will be good with clients do they see you have the potential to be driven and to make this going they're not they yes they're looking at the numbers they're looking at scalability of the business they're looking at the product but they also very much looking at you as a person okay so um are you morning or a night person uh that's such a hard question a little bit of a change of a subject, I guess. Yes, it's such a hard question because I'm either early morning person, like very early. I like like the 5.30 a.m. or night. For me, the hardest part of the day is this afternoon time. It was always the hardest for me. So if I wake up really early, it's great. And that I'm very productive very early in the morning. 
or productive later on in the evening towards the night. Is that where your best ideas come, either morning or night? I think creativity is something that is, it's hard to quantify, right? Sometimes it will be, if I take an afternoon walk, my ideas can come there. Sometimes it can be early in the morning when your brain is not fully active, right? There's no specific time where my best ideas come. I think keeping yourself in the mindset that you're open for ideas to come to you is more important than looking for them. And then they just come to you in, in different times. You, for an example, I did a project for COVID-19 to help spread positivity uh, and inspiration, which is project 60 tips in 60 minutes, hashtag one minute tip. I've seen that. Yes. Great job on that. Thank you. And that specific idea came really early in the morning. I was literally, I was thinking, how can I help? And I, I, I woke up and I li- was sitting on my bed and I looked at my husband and it just came and I said, 60 tips in 60 minutes. What do you think? So oh, it sounds good. And I just ran with it. And in two weeks, we wrapped it up. But I think you need to be open. You need to put the, put the right questions out. Because if you're not asking the right questions, that's where you're sabotaging yourself. So if you're asking, how can I do this? What are the tools? Or you're asking open-ended questions that are positive and, and, and empowering for the information to flow through you. Things will come even when you're not, not expecting it. And you, you're so right. And now that uh, you, you're speaking about that, uh, I what I often do as well is I'll ask a question, I'll make myself open to whatever the answer is, and then I'll sleep on it. And the, the answer may come the next day, it may c- come two days later, but you, you sort of need to be in an open frame of mind to uh, receive uh, the, the information or the ideas. That's right. And my, my best business collaborations happen like that because what happens when you're open and you're asked, so you, you ask the right question and then you're open. What happens is you see opportunity more clearly. So it can be an example, one of the business virtual connection was born like that. Somebody sent me a text. Oh, I'm thinking about a new project. And I just asked her, what's that project? And then she's told me about the projects and she asked me if I want to partner up with her. I'm like, oh, okay, yes. So I was open to it, but if I would be very narrow and very close, I would just look at this text and like, oh, great, good luck, right? Right. Now it is being open and, and seeing those things because if you're not, your vision is narrow, you're only focused on one outcome or you're only wanting one result, there may be something even better coming your way. You're missing all the opportunities along the uh, uh, sidelines, I guess. That's right. Tell me a little bit about the vision you have for your business, for Kinesics. Uh, where do you see your business in the next two to five years? And if you want to address a little bit of what's happening currently with the COVID uh, situation, has it been uh, busier for you? How are you handling it uh, mentally, physically? It's very interesting time right now, right? Because at Kinesics, the, the main work we did was working with teams. So we had keynote presentation booked. We had teams and big corporations that we were supposed to train you know, for a day, for two, for three in the company. And as COVID hit, all of that was canceled. And we were thinking, what can we do and what we can pivot? And things came to us, to be honest. I'm more busy than I think I, I was before because people need to understand how the emotion functions. They ask me, how did you set up your office? They say, well, how, 
what's the difference of nonverbals face-to-face versus over the computer? And those are really important discussions to have. And, and so with that, there's virtual etiquettes, should you say, right? So as every business, we're pivoting. It's really important to stay in the positive mindset because innovation and inspiration does not live at the same body and the same mindset as fear. So it's important to stay positive. And with that, things just will happen in the sense of they're not just happening from the skies, but it will happen in the sense of you'll be open to pivot and you will be open to see how does it look. And for us, the way it looks at Kinesic specifically is that we're actually pivoting more online, which is great for me because then I can also focus even more on my other businesses that I have. That's great. Wonderful. What has been one of the greatest challenges that you faced in, in and I know you have several businesses, but I'll, I'll specifically say in Kinesics. I think in different stages, you have different challenges. I think my first challenge was that I live in a society that really puts education really high up. And so a, a new company that is an, also an education company, but being founded by somebody that never had a, a official degree, that was a little bit hard. And that's a challenge where I had to think, how can I then make sure that people understand that there is credibility behind it? And I know what I'm talking about. And, and instead of looking for you know, having a master's or having some title, uh, other ways to bring that credibility. And so that was my challenge when I started. And then there are scaling challenges, right? Of how do you scale? What, what tech are you using for, for your business? Platforms online. So, so that's also another challenge that I had. So I had to learn a lot about tech. And another challenge I had is finding the right mentors. And I think there are mentors there, but the right mentors with the similar mindset, that was a, a little bit harder for me to find because I had mentors that would say, you know, do cold calling. I'm like, no, it's not cold calling. It's, it's maybe great to some, but for me, it was not, there's other ways. And, and so finding not just the mentor mentors are great. And he, he was a fantastic mentor as many other ways, but finding the right mentor, uh, that, that you align with the, the right mindset and you understand each other on that level. It's, it's hard. I, I agree. And I agree, especially with the with the mentor. Uh, I mean, there's mentors that are graciously give back time, you know, to uh, to the community. But finding the mentor that's, as you said, on the same frequency as you and sees where you are going and your vision of the business, which is not cold calling in your case, you know, it's more of a human approach, uh, relationship building uh, is is the key. And once I think you surround yourself with team players that are on the same level, you're, you're sort of playing as a team and it's much um, easier to um, scale your business at that point because you have a good comfort and you have great, great mentors. Yeah. So I never really had a mentor per se. I never had a, a specific person that is like a mentor that helped my business grow. But what I did do is when I would be networking or when I meet a certain individuals and I would see a person that I believe there are skills that I should learn from that person. I would just attach myself to them. That's <laughs> and, great. And, 
and and I'll be like, okay, we're friends now, and and I need to learn it. from you, and and that's it, and I will just attach myself to them, and we would build relationship, but it was not more of a mentorship. It was kind of we became friends, right? In in a way, and we would help each other, and yeah, I, I would just hook myself onto that person. Literally, it would be, you know, I, I just, I, that's kind of my mindset. I saw something that I, I, a skill that I would love to get or something information that I want to learn and I'll just go and hang out with them and, and just listen and see what they say and how they say things. And I'll just try to observe as much as I can. That's a great idea and great piece of advice. So uh, making friends or connecting with people uh, that have different skill sets than you, that you can learn from. Oh, very important. Never just be in a room with people with the same skills as you. Because you won't grow. You will never grow like that. If you agree with somebody and they agree with you, not going anywhere. I love that. That's that's great piece of advice, actually. What is the best piece of advice that you got or the worst piece of advice that you got when you were first starting your business? Usually everybody offers advice. Even family members uh, will offer advice. Friends will offer advice. Yeah, so I, I guess... The hardest, I, I don't know if it's worst advice or best advice. I can't think necessarily right now, best advice or worst advice. But it was definitely hard for me uh, from the family perspective. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, they were immigrants. They wanted the best of me. They wanted me to be a doctor. Although, I, you know, I see blood on my feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it, it's not really going to work. But you want, you want me to be a doctor or a lawyer. That's in there as immigrants, right? That's what they want for their kids. They want their stability. And, and they want them to be happy. And, and in that, in their minds, it means stability, that they don't need to worry how they worried, right? And I always had that conflict because I wasn't that child. <laughs> I, I wasn't that child that will be a doctor or a lawyer. And my mom, uh, I think, till I was in my 30s, she would tell me, okay, would you go back to university, go back to university, go back to university? And that was the hardest part. But then the beauty of you following what you need to follow is that I was actually hired by university to teach at McGill University. I was teaching and, and not just volunteering. I was paid to teach in McGill University. And so when that happened, uh, I called my mom and that's, I think, was my highest, I, you know, for me, that was my, my highest it is I called her and I said, mom, I love you, but I did never went to university, but I taught a university. So stop telling me to go to a university. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And what does she have to say to that? <laughs> so she's, you know, from, now, from then she kind of, you know, the, the, the conversations about go back to university relaxed. And, and she, she, she started to see what is that that I'm doing and, and that I can sustain myself, that I can build that and I can do that. And, you know, she doesn't need to worry for me as much as she, she did, that, that I'm okay. Because again, she was not doing it from the evil, right? She was doing it because as immigrants, it was really hard for them and they, she didn't want me to have the same experience. But then when I, that happened, she was able to relax and see, you know what, I'm okay. And, and, and that's the beauty of that, right? So I think that was the hardest part, but also at the same time, kind of the, the highlight. That's one, and she must be very proud of you. Yes. You're doing so well. And you've been recently nominated uh, for RBC's uh, Woman of the Year Award. 
That's right. I was uh, I received an award from the the Jewish Chamber of Commerce a few years ago as an entrepreneur of the year, um, and now I'm nominated for this award as well. Amazing. Yeah, I'm very grateful. And uh, I'm gonna now switch to something a little bit more fun. It's gonna be rapid fire questions. You can just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, okay. You don't have Go to think too much about it. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? Connecting people. Love it. Uh, is there a book that you're currently reading or that you could recommend, or if not a book, a podcast, or something that you know fills your mind with uh, more knowledge? Keep constantly learning online, offline. There's no one specific thing. I always look for information. The other day I was learning, learning about partnership agreements and, and stuff like that. And then at the same time, I'm learning more about nonverbal and business scaling. So always learn different things, not one thing. Learn different things. Wonderful. Um, and... We already asked you if you're a morning or a night person, so we know that you're sort of morning and night, the ideas come at any point. Yes, morning or night, best time to find me early in the morning or at night, midday. Is, it's, it's, I can work, but it's, it's much harder on me. Maybe a, Turk, a strong Turkish coffee. Yes. <laughs> and uh, is there anything that's keeping you up at night these days? No, uh, I sleep well. <laughs> That is awesome. You have to tell me your secret. And uh, if, you, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? A lover. Oh, wow. There's two sides to me. Uh, and, and the heart, I'm a connect and a lover. And somebody did an archetype test on me, and that's what came out. It's all about connecting and caring. And, and for me, connecting with people and have this is the most important the most valuable thing and it doesn't matter how strong or how business savvy you are and and yes sometimes it's you need to be harsh and sometimes you need to be very like this and and all of that but in the end the core has to stay authentic to you and for me my authenticity is connecting and and being you know a lover i care and all of that yeah i love that uh, i've never had anybody say that there you go. There's always a first. That, that's yes. Um, and what's your favorite place in the world? It can be your backyard. It can be, uh, you know, Canada. It can be anywhere basically in the world. Well, I'm biased. I love Israel to death. I think there's so much to that country. I think innovation, nature, even how they're dealing with COVID-19. There's a lot of great stuff. So I'm biased for that country. But if it would be not that country, my favorite place in the world will be the water, any place that has greenery and water, I'm happy. I'm the same way. I like the, I like the water. I like the ocean. It just brings calmness to me, even though it's moving and it may be wavy and what it, to me, it brings calmness. Yes, exactly. And, and, and just going back to, you mentioned Israel. Um, I know that Fiverr, which is uh, one of the, the big platforms is from Israel as well. Yeah. Uh, so they're really doing well. Uh, and ways and many others. It's, it's amazing, um, you know, some of the companies that have come out from Israel. Yes, and cybersecurity and medicine. And there's a, there's a lot of great. And, and I, I wish more people will look at, at this country, not from a political point of view, but also what they brought to the world. Yes. And the last question is, there's a small tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no internet. 
We drop you off there with no technology at all. At any time, you can use the phone booth on the island to call the boat to come and pick you up. How long would you last before making the phone call? And what would you do until then, Angela? <laughs> It's a hard question because it, it kind of relates to our time now because we can go out, we cannot see people, but we have this. I'm very thankful for that. I think I, I would last about maybe two months. Oh, wow. That's a long time. That's actually great. But the reason I will last two months is I think because I will be so focused on creating and, and doing things that I cannot do when I'm always surrounded with calls and people. And so I would take that time, a conscious getaway to create more. So when you come back, same thing as with COVID-19. So we are right now in a state that on a lockdown, right? So it is being on the alignment. So what do you do with that time? So I think I'll be using it very similarly of saying, okay, this is my time. I can then take the time to connect, reconnect with myself and my purpose and, and who I am, and then start creating from that place and creating new things or uh, thinking how I can create and scale what I already have. So I'm coming back stronger. Okay. And how can our listeners and viewers found you uh, on social media to connect with you and to uh, perhaps uh, visit uh, Kinesic's uh, website as well? Yes. So uh, easily to find me on LinkedIn is by name, Angela Podolsky. Same thing on Instagram, it's Angela Podolsky, Facebook, and the, uh, the business page is Kinesics. So kinesics.com, that's the website. And that's about it. Wonderful. Angela, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great pleasure. And uh, I really loved uh, hearing uh, you know, about your business and about you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm Andrea Sesum, your Toronto's host for Canada's podcast. Listen, subscribe to all of our channels for the latest entrepreneurial news. 